I'd like to offer a simple question with a complex answer. Is it possible you're missing the brilliance of your students, right? Are you capturing 100% of the strengths and gifts and brilliance that your students are bringing to the table? And if you're answering, no, I'm not capturing 100% of the students in my building and their brilliance, well, why not? Are they coming to you in less traditional packages, so to speak? Or are we simplifying their human experience and not thinking they are as complex as we are? Whatever the case may be, it's a missed opportunity. And with every opportunity, there's a chance to create even more value for our community. And that's what ruckus makers do. So if you want to figure out an approach, a curiosity, an openness, an investigative way of finding and tapping into and leveraging our students' collective brilliance, then you're going to love today's episode where we hear what some leaders are doing at Excelsior University. Hey, it's Danny. I'm a principal development and retention expert. I'm a best-selling author. I host two of the world's most downloaded podcasts. And this show is for you, a ruckus maker, which means you've made three commitments. You've committed to investing in your continuous growth, challenging the status quo, and designing the future of school now. And we'll be right back after some messages from our show sponsors. Hey, Ruckus Maker, I'll make this quick. If you're listening to this message right now, you're missing out. When you subscribe to the Ruckus Maker newsletter on Substack, you get access to microbooks focused on how to do school different, tools and other resources that will help you make a ruckus and do school different, stories and case studies of the world's most legendary ruckus makers of all time, access to my calendar to schedule coaching sessions, and you'll also get bonus podcast content that won't be released on the main podcast feed and podcast episodes without any advertisements. So if you love this show, if it's helped you grow, and you want access to more tools and resources that will help you make a ruckus and do school different, and become a paid subscriber at ruckusmakers.substack.com. That's ruckusmakers.substack.com. The truth is, most leaders weren't taught a robust way to set their goals. Everyone knows how to choose a goal, write the to-do list, and pick a due date. And as a result, they're not optimizing their potential. When you download the Ruckus Maker 8-step goal-setting tool, I'll send you the tool in a short 8-minute coaching video that shows you how to work smarter, not harder, and to create more value for your campus. Are you ready to accomplish more with less effort and in less time? Download the Ruckus Maker 8-step goal-setting tool by going to betterleadersbetterschools.com slash goals. IXL is a go-to support for classroom teachers because its adaptive platform makes differentiated instruction easy. See for yourself and get started today at IXL.com slash leaders. That's IXL.com slash leaders. How would you like to increase student talk by an average of 40%? More student ownership, more student discourse. Check it out for yourself by trying out TeachFX. Go to teachfx.com forward slash better leaders to pilot their program today. 
One way to do school different is to shift students who need constant hand-holding and prodding to succeed to teaching them the skills to succeed independently. That's where executive functions for every classroom comes in, which you can get today when you go to organizebinder.com book. So head over to organizebinder.com book and pick up your copy of Executive Functions for Every Classroom. Right here, the Ruckus Makers, excited to uh, have Daniel Pesco Aguilar, PhD in MDiv, join me today. And Daniel is a passionate leader and he's passionate about problem solving, collaborating with students, alums, the university community, and community organizations on meaningful partnerships and innovative strategies for the development of a diverse, purpose driven, interculturally sensitive, and systemic challenge ready next generation of leaders. Currently, Daniel is Excelsior University's CDO and founding director of the Center for Social Justice. Before this, Daniel served in career development, DEI, crisis services, and spiritual development leadership roles at diverse universities and organizations in Mexico and the U.S. Daniel has a PhD and a master's from Indiana University and an MDiv from Palmer Theological Seminary, and a bachelor's in industrial design from Universidad Autonoma Metropolitana in Mexico. So, Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm honored. Uh, it's brilliant to have you here, and I'm so excited to have somebody with your credentials and expertise and vast experience, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to withhold my you know, curiosity. Tell me about industrial design and all this in crisis <laughs> services, right? Like that's, I didn't know that about your bio, but let, let's start with your story, right? You, you grew up as a student in Mexico and you're dyslexic. So your school experience, I'm sure was uh, quite interesting, maybe challenging, but can you tell me about that school experience? So, well, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was unique in that at that time, maybe I'm dating myself, and in Mexico, that was not something that institutions could diagnose. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the assumption was that I was either, either lazy or, or not very smart. And um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, at some point, I started to believe it. So it was a, it was a challenging journey, um, but it was a, an important one to realize the opportunity to um to survive challenge mm, I, and right. uh, i mean what that meant is that the educational system was not designed for me like in the united states for example right now we have 20 percent of uh students who are dyslexic according to research and the learning process is different than the traditional one so learning has to be circumvented and i was very lucky that um, i was during my education, my elementary and, and middle and, and high school education, I was very involved in a community, in a religious community where I was able to explore leadership through art and, and through, through programming and, and uh, leading groups. And that really turned my life to the better, right? And I was able to see the value that I could bring to organizations. I was able to see that even the strengths that dyslexia could bring to my functioning at my contributions. 
So it was a very interesting experience going through the challenge, identifying opportunities and getting really creative to use them so that I could grow and so that I could contribute. Right. You know, and I can think of many off the top of my head, I'll just Richard Branson, I think is one, but there's plenty of entrepreneurs who have been incredibly successful and are dyslexic because they have to figure out ways to, you know, navigate the world, right? Despite the challenges of the written word and text on a page. But you were getting these negative, you know, messages. And then it sounds like, you know, you were plugged into some powerful organizations that allowed you to, to figure it out. It, would you say that's what helped you pivot from some of these negative messages you were hearing in school or was it something else? Absolutely. Yeah, because really, at least me as someone who experiences dyslexia, uh, my intuition is off charts. And uh, I learned through making connections and through seeing the big picture and through playing with things, right? Rather than sitting and reading a book or looking at equations. So that ability that I had to go through growth and development through trial and error in an environment that was less academic ended up being a opportunity for me. And I mean, which is a reminder based on what we're discussing today of how any education we facilitate should always make sure to include both ways or a diversity of ways of learning. Things like mm. universal design for learning and then assuming that you have a number of learners that need a a, a unique way in which they can understand, they can apply, they can even become engaged in their learning. Right. Talk to me a bit about intuition, because I think that obviously, you know, it's a skill that serves you well, but it serves ruckus makers, leaders well when they learn to trust their gut. But for whatever reason, folks might be uncomfortable, they don't trust themselves or whatever. But t- tell me a bit about your process of learning to trust your intuition. Oh, it's definitely been a very important part of my life. Like I have done music, for example, for a long time. Mm. I have written music, I I record music, now I'm singing classical music and recording it. I mean, a lot of it is based on those connections that my mind makes automatically. I think what's very important, in at least in the work that I have, and and as I think of uh, how to improve education is to use that intuition and to elicit and leverage that intuition in our students to help them grow there. Like how many times have we heard students saying, I hate math, right? Or, or right. I hate it. And, but then they go out the next uh, five minutes and they're like having the best time of their life playing a sport and they don't realize it's all physics and math, <laughs> right? And, and if we have the opportunity to connect the dots for them, and we elicit that energy, right? And that uh, intrinsic motivation through the intuition that they, that they have themselves. And it's such an important way of understanding how to facilitate their Yeah. And I'm thinking of my wife too. And honestly, you know, it was the, the quality of teachers she saw earlier in her academic career where she didn't think she was good at math, right? But then she, you know, arrived at a university campus, started taking these courses and exploring and this kind of thing. She's now a PhD, right? She's, she's in public health. She's an epidemiologist and she does, runs all these numbers and different models and is, you know, looking at stats all the time and making meaning from the data that she sees. And she's a math whiz. But if she exactly. never had that experience, right? In, in the post-secondary experience, she would have thought, I'm bad at math, right? So, man, we really have to be careful about folks that sometimes don't 
come to our school in like a traditional package, right? And exactly. maybe you could speak a bit about the the challenge of missing the brilliance of our students when they might show up in wow. a uh, less traditional package, so to speak. Yeah, excellent wording. I think to me, the, the major challenge in the story you were telling, the story that I experienced, the story of many of, of our students, whether in their uh, earlier years or in post-secondary education, is the risk of, of missing their brilliance. Like here's the bottom line. We need, an, and you mentioned it earlier, we need a next generation of leaders that is diverse, that is authentic, that is engaged, and that is ready. And we know that our strength as a human race comes from our diversity, right? Like you want to put the best team to solve a problem or to innovate, you want to bring them from different disciplines and different backgrounds and you want them to bring different perspectives and ideas and skills, right? That the, the collection is the one that, that uh, develops the richness of our capacity. So the risk of us losing brilliance because of a misunderstanding life, <laughs> right, is very scary. It's, it's actually upsetting to think that it might have happened so many times. And it is an opportunity for us to rethink education altogether, rethink how we facilitate learning. because. I think that our job is to finding that spark, right? That approach that allows someone to thrive and to see the power of learning and then take it to the end level, right? The end potential. There are many who have. Unfortunately, I know that there are many who haven't. And it's never too late. Right? We need to figure out ways of, of focusing. You know, in uh, my leadership community, which I call the Ruckus Maker Mastermind, we actually don't teach anything content-wise, related to education. It's because we want to leverage the diversity of awesome mental models and different ways of leading, right, from uh, industries all, all around, and then bridge the gap, right? What does it mean to do this in education so that our, our leaders are built a little more robustly? So you were talking about leadership uh, development, and I know Excelsior University is doing some pretty cool things. So you know, how are you helping facilitate that next generation of leaders? Well, Excelsior has a very interesting history in that it, it became an institution as an opportunity to offer those in the community who hadn't had a chance to complete their education with credit aggregation, right? So it was a, a solution to a gap. And that has developed now that Excelsior is a nonprofit uh, higher education institution has a very powerful mission of focusing on supporting the, the historically underrepresented in the community. And keep in mind, Excelsior University, by design, is an online institution. It allows students to learn at their own time, place, and pace, right? So picture, you have uh, a single parent who right. might only be able to engage in their coursework at 11 o'clock after their kids are asleep uh, on a Thursday Um, And the ability to to do that, to to go through their education, even asynchronously, right? And taking advantage of the access they have to space and to time and and, and to do it at their place. And then, of course, you know, to wrap around support mechanisms that understand the realities that our students face. Uh, That, to me, is a very powerful aspect of Excelsior. That's one of the reasons for which I decided to join Excelsior. And I'm honored that they saw value in me bringing what I offer to the institution. 
But it's, I think, to think of the bigger picture, I think it's also a reminder of how, you know, part of our responsibility in the, as leaders of educational systems is to find ways to make education accessible to everyone. Yeah, right. And, you know, whether it's developing the next generation of leaders, meeting them where they're at, you know, and having an asynchronous model or flexibility within the schedule, that kind of thing. You know, to me, it sounds like seeing the humanity in others, you know, and I don't know why. Maybe it's uh, stress or just time in the classroom or whatever. But sometimes we forget, like, these students, these are humans, you know, and they do they do have brilliance and this kind of stuff. But we forget, we forget, you know, that special uh, quality that they bring. You know, how, how can we have that paradigm shift and remind ourselves, like, there's humanity here. There's dignity. You know what I mean? What do you have to say about that? Such an important question. Thank you, Danny. Mm. So a uh, couple of things. Many authors have really stressed in a very eloquent way the need for us to focus on seeing the humanity now that you have John Powell, Albert McKee, uh, Milton Bennett. I actually had the opportunity to work with Dr. Bennett. He developed this very powerful model, the developmental model of intercultural sensitivity. And his model is really interesting. It helps you map where you are in your intercultural development and how you can grow and be more inclusive and equitable or more intercultural sensitive when experiencing difference. But one day I had the opportunity to ask him about the premise of his model. And he said, it's actually quite simple. It's based on the observation that as human beings, we have a tendency to think of ourselves as highly complex individuals. Okay. If you ask me, if you ask me who I am, I'm going to tell you about my family and about our health and our finances and our education and, and our careers and uh, everything that makes me happy and keeps me up at night becomes this cloud of complexity. He said the observation unfortunately continues in identifying that as human beings, we also have the tendency to see others as less complex than us. And that the more different they are, particularly we're afraid or have a challenge uh, understanding the difference, the less we have the tendency to see complexity in them. So in other words, we simplify, right, mm. others. And I can, I mean, I, I've tried this since I learned that. And it's been a very interesting realization to oh. see that even with the people I love, right, I often tend oh, so. to do that. So to me, it is about... Being able to approach others, assuming the same level of complexity in their experiences and in the perspective that in, and here's where the rubber meets the road, regardless of my ability to understand that experience. Because I, if I haven't walked those footsteps, how will I ever understand that experience? However, that doesn't mean that I cannot learn, grow, and do everything I can to level the plane for those who have a limitation of privilege in whatever area. So to me, I think you're completely right. Education should be an endeavor of us figuring out how to see that humanity in others. I mean, how often it is that we think of our students as people who need to learn from us. How much can we think of us learning from them, right? Yes. Yeah. How important it is to see that as a two-way street. And, and that can only happen if I am assuming that level of complexity and therefore I become curious and interested and inquisitive. And I enter every space assuming that I am also going to learn. Brilliant. Yeah, that, that uh, reminds me of Freire's work and pedagogy of the oppressed and, you know, teaching as a banking model versus, um, you know, meet, meeting those 
brilliant humans where they're at and uh, seeing what they bring to the table as a, just a tremendous strength and, you know, building the curriculum around uh, those experiences. So That's, uh, this is awesome. Well, Daniel, I'm, I'm loving uh, our conversation. We're going to break here just for a second to get some messages in from our sponsors. And when we get back, I'd love to ask you about the communities that you're building at Excelsior. Teachers love the support that IXL provides in the classroom and ruckus makers love it as well because IXL also gives school leaders meaningful insights into every level. Put your finger on the pulse of student performance via the IXL dashboard or drill down to see progress and growth for individual students. You can even customize reports to hone in on the information that matters most to you. IXL helps ruckus makers make data-informed decisions that will benefit their student growth goals. Get started today at IXL.com leaders. That's IXL.com leaders. In post-pandemic classrooms, student talk is crucial. And when classrooms come alive with conversation, teachers and students both thrive. TeachFX helps teachers make it happen. The TeachFX instructional coaching app provides insights into student talk, effective questions, and classroom conversation quality. TeachFX professional development complements the app and empowers teachers with best practices for generating meaningful student discourse. Teachers using TeachFX increase their student talk by an average of 40%. Imagine that, 40% more ownership over the class by students. Ruckus makers can pilot TeachFX with their teachers. Visit teachfx.com slash better leaders to learn how. That's teachfx.com forward slash better leaders. Here's the truth. Many teachers and leaders are facing challenges that leave them overwhelmed and discouraged. That's why I want to introduce you to a powerful resource that can help you turn things around. Executive Functions for Every Classroom is a must-read book that equips teachers with the strategies and tools to support their students in developing essential executive functioning skills. With these skills, your students will become better planners, more focused, and better equipped to meet the high expectations you have for them. This book is more than theory. It shows teachers how to implement a predictable learning routine that models these skills in real-life situations. Every student on your campus will benefit, so head over to OrganizeBinder.com book to get executive functions for every classroom for yourself and all your teachers. That's OrganizeBinder.com book. All right, and we're back with Daniel Pasco Aguilar. This has been a fantastic conversation, and I'd like to invite you to talk about these communities you're developing at Excelsior University. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, you know, one of the, based on what we have been discussing, one of the, mm. what I think is an obvious need for, or, or observation responsibility for us to, in which to engage, is that the development of the next generation of leaders that is diverse authentic, engaged, and ready is critical. Right? We have systemic challenges that we're not solving and they are mm. beginning to change our reality. They're beginning to change life as we know. It. And there are many. Global warming and international relations and, and, and social justice. I mean, they're like 
so many and they're so systemic. They're affecting all of us. So when, when we think of, of preparing our next generation, we cannot delegate that to anyone, right? It cannot be that, oh, clarification takes care of that. Or it's that particular department that does that. Or it is the student themselves that need to work on that. How ready, how engaged, how diverse, how authentic they are will determine our future and the future yeah. of our children. No question about it, right? And, and I'm afraid that in many instances, a level of change necessary for us to begin to turn things around and reach the tipping point for the better might be too much for our current generations. We're waiting on a next generation that will have a different paradigm and will approach things differently. So to me, our job is involving every member, every stakeholder group of our communities to do this work. We cannot do it alone, but everybody has to be involved. It matters to everyone. It will determine how our future looks like. So what we have done, I have done this at, at the last three institutions where I have been, is build what we call communities. Communities are pretty much support villages that we build around our students. And we build them focused on what matters to them. So we have industry-focused communities, like business management and leadership, or like health sciences, or like nursing, or uh, like uh, um, sustainability, right? Or criminal justice. Sure. Or, but we also have what we call identity allyship communities. At Accessor, we call them rope teams because we love the concept of being a rope team. We support others who might fall because you're connected with the rope. But if you fall, they, your team will catch you. And we have identity allyship rope teams like uh, race and ethnicity or gender and sexuality or different abilities or military and veterans. Or we have nine of each. And what we do is three things. The rope teams are a web space. So you can go to communities.excelsior.edu. And what you'll be able to see is the 18. And in each of them, there's curation of content. And there's feeding of content from multiple sources. So we centralize content, we integrate content, we make content interactive. And then what we facilitate is this 365, 24-7 ability for students to connect with mentors in the community that matters to them or see internships and jobs related to that or resources or blogs or uh, connect with folks or tell their story or see stories or see spotlights or find courses that are relevant to them, right, et cetera. Um, like I have, I can tell you stories uh, of, of instances where students have come and said, I have no idea that my institution cares so much about who I am. Right? And I can see how when I was in my, going through my education, if I had those, right? And, and I could find a mentor with whom I knew had gone through my similar experience and uh, who was ready to connect with me. And, and uh, if I could do it uh, a Sunday night, right? And find them and connect and, yeah. and reach out. Powerful. And, and, uh, yeah. So what we're trying to do is to develop these rope teams. That The two other things that we do, of course, is involve every stakeholder of the community in the process. And then the third one is we do programming. So every community has events and conversations and uh, communication that we make available to to make sure that we are engaging everyone based on what is important to them. Right. And uh, I know you're experimenting with the program you're calling out Alante. So can you tell us about that program? 
Yes, we're very excited about a, um, right now it's in development. So it's in the design phase, but we're hoping to, to implement it at, in the near future. It's a program specifically designed to support the education of uh, Spanish as a first language students. Mm. Um, it is a bridge program that hopefully will give access to students who potentially might think higher education is not for me. Or if, if they want higher education, they are struggling with not having enough English in order to, to engage in it. So the opportunity here is to provide them with a combined English uh, learning curriculum to prepare them for education in English in, 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 at Excelsior in, in the United States, simultaneously with beginning to take courses in Spanish in, in their field of interest. Right now, we're working on health services and business management. Uh, to two pathways, but it might expand to more than that uh, in the future. But the idea is then to help those who might not think that education is for them or who might not be ready for it to have access to it so that we don't miss that brilliance, right? So that we engage them in the leadership that we need in order to succeed. Brilliant. So, Daniel, if you could put a message on all school marquees around the world for a single day, what would your message be? Probably that success is collective, that I think we have engaged a little too much in competition without realizing that the stakes are very high and that our need and therefore our responsibility is to figure out how to diversify our next generation of leaders and therefore to facilitate education that is accessible to all and that allows for everyone to succeed, that success is not a zero-sum process, but it is the sum of all, as uh, Heather McGee calls it. And that when others succeed, we succeed. When we succeed, others succeed, right? And that we need to lift everyone in, in our communities in order to do better. As organizations, as society, as countries, and as a planet. As you can see uh, back there, it's a little small, but ruckus maker listening or watching always hears me say this, but basically when you get better, everybody wins, right? And I'm super aligned with uh, your marquee message. So thanks for sharing that. Daniel, what about your dream school? If you were building your dream school, you were not limited by any sort of resources. Your only constraint was your ability to dream and imagine. How would you build these how would you build this dream school? What would be the three guiding principles? Okay, so the three guiding principles, I think, would be access, integration, and customization. I think we need to figure out a way to make education more accessible, right? Um, I think uh, many institutions, I think, have fallen into the, the assumption that the more prestige we, we build, right, and the more competition we make as part of the engagement process, uh, the better the quality of our education. And I think we, we miss brilliance through that process. And in finding ways of helping the privileged support the, the ones who lack privilege, figuring out ways in which we diversify education so that we can engage everyone, so that everyone can thrive through educational experience and, and so that everyone can apply that education in a way that allows them to lead, I think is very important. I would also focus on integration, integration of the experience of our students. I think uh, we fragment the student experience significantly. Often it seems like a scavenger hunt for them. And who loses? 
who misses out? The ones, first generation students, right? The students who don't come with the capital or with the awareness, but also integrating the community. As I was mentioning, this matters to everyone. So involving everyone on campus and off campus. And then very importantly, Danny, integrating everyone's perspective. We do better if we elicit and we leverage the diversity of perspectives and ideas and experiences and skills that everybody brings. Students and every single community member we can engage. And then at the end of the day, experience uh, in education is the strongest if you just customize it. Right? If I can see the value of what I'm doing, if I can do it in a, in the way that works for me, right? If I can facilitate education that responds to the intrinsic motivation and the values and, and the goals and the objectives and the dreams of the people who are learning, the stronger it's going to be. So customizing the experience and customizing the outcomes of our students, this concept of standardized testing, I think, is a significant problem. As someone who grew up with dyslexia, I can tell you that that's never measured how much I know or how well I can perform, right? Um, right. I think that we need to figure out a way to customize not only learning, but also assessment to make it count for everything. We covered a lot of ground today, Daniel, of everything we discussed. What's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? Remember, everyone else lives with as much complexity as we do. Approach others, assuming the same level of complexity. And therefore, approach others to learn, to grow. Approach others to open conversations. And if you notice that the conversation is not deep enough, as a panelist in one of the conferences I attended recently said, complicated. Complicate the conversation so you can get to the depth that we need in order to learn about each other's complexity, grow, and do better. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. How would you like to lead with confidence, swap exhaustion for energy, turn your critics into cheerleaders, and so much more? The Ruckus Maker Mastermind is a world-class leadership program designed for growth-minded school leaders just like you. Go to betterleadersbetterschools.com slash mastermind. Learn more about our program and fill out the application. We'll be in touch within 48 hours to talk how we can help you be even more effective. And by the way, we have cohorts that are diverse and mixed up. We also have cohorts just for women in leadership and a BIPOC-only cohort as well. When you're ready to level up, go to betterleadersbetterschools.com slash mastermind and fill out the application. Thanks again for listening to the show. Bye for now and go make a ruckus. Ruckus.